think it's totally time for you to have a beer if you'd like to go for it. Take this! Oh, hello, ladies. Hello. Hello, ladies and ladies and gentlemen. It's Jake. This is the podcast. I think it's episode... Oh, geez. How do I get into these situations where I don't know what episode number it is? I want to believe it's episode 163 of the podcast right now, but the only real way to be sure is to check that on the thing. And, you know, I do know how to check that on the thing, and believe it or not, that is what I'm trying to do right now. So, listen, I've just checked it on the thing. It's episode 163. Congratulations. Happy birthday to all of us out there who have birthdays. You know, a great way to celebrate your birthday or any kind of fun thing you've got going on is to come out and see one of my live shows. Hey, I'm the sponsor of this. It's me, Jake, uh, Jake Johansson. I'm the sponsor of this thing. So I would love it if you wanted to come out to see a show. And if you wanted to do that, one of the places you could go are one of the places that I've got coming up. And that includes, uh, let's see, can you hear that music in the back? Because I feel like that's, that's helping. Oh, there we go. Can I bring it up? That's not bad, right? I'm going to be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, February 17th to 20th. This is 2016. And then March 3 to 5, I'm going to be in Detroit, Michigan at the Comedy Castle. So Minneapolis, it's 15th to 20th of February at Acme Comedy Club. And then in Detroit, Michigan, March 3 through 5. And then let's also not forget, I'm going international. March, mid-March to really the end of April. I'm going to be overseas in uh, Melbourne, Australia for the Comedy Festival. I think the last <clears throat> few nights of that, in late uh, April, I'm going to be in Adelaide. I picked up some gigs in Adelaide. I don't even know where they are. You can't check that on my website. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jake This, and see if I can find out <laughs> where I'm supposed to be shortly before I'm supposed to be there. But if you could come out and see those shows in Australia, that would be terrific. If you're listening in Australia, it's a lot easier for you than some of these other listeners who are coming from further away. Anyway, my guest this week, you know, what's going on? Let's talk about it. A lot is going on. A lot's going on. And uh, the big news here in America is uh, they just had the New Hampshire primary last night. So this is February 10th right now. While I'm saying this, while I'm talking into the machine right now, it's February 10th. Um, what what did I say it was? It's, it's February 10th. Yeah. So we got uh, the New Hampshire primary just happened. Surprise, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump won. I don't even know what this election's going to be like. It's like, who are we going to get to pick from? I don't think Bernie Sanders could be the president. But uh, I mean, what are we? Oh, we're all going to have to. Oh, I maybe he would be a great president. Hillary Clinton. I wish we had a better choice than Hillary Clinton. Donald Trump, all the Republicans seems kind of crazy to me. I mean, I thought Jeb Bush was going to be the sane one of that bunch that was going to get picked, and it was going to be Bush and Clinton again. Oh, I just didn't have the stomach for that, but now it's turning completely weird. And I'm excited. The weirder it gets, the more it, it's, look, we're going to survive this. We're going to get through this like we got through all of this other crap. Those Let's not let these jackasses come between us, ladies and gentlemen. We may disagree on who we wish was the president, but let's let's just face the facts. What really matters is the good time that we have together with each other. And so, um, and that's eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize, bitches. 
ah, oh, I can't believe I called you bitches. It just seems like so much fun when I hear uh, other comedians call their audience bitches that uh, I, sometimes I want to try it. Sometimes I want to try it. Anyway, listen, my guest this week, you know, sometimes you may be saying to yourself, I'm listening to this guy. He seems like he's been around for a while. It'd be refreshing to listen to a guy who hasn't been around for as long. And my guest this week is uh, Brad Wenzel, who I first worked with last year at uh, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. And then we worked at Zany's and uh, we ran into each other at the show, which we talk about in this conversation. And uh, his website is bradcomedy.com. He's got some shows coming up. Uh, he's just done his first Conan. He's 20, I think, three years old. So he's quite a bit younger than me now. And he's also quite a bit younger than I was when I did my first Letterman. I was 27 and he's, he's 23 or maybe he's even 22. I wish I could remember, but you're gonna. We're all gonna be get, getting the information proper on that pretty soon. He's still living in Michigan, thinking about coming out here. So we talk about that. And uh, Brad's Brad's a funny dude, and uh, he's definitely worth your time and someone to watch coming up for the future. Uh, what else did I want to talk? I guess I wanted to talk about the news. You know, sometimes when you're here in America, this is the number three story on the BBC News: the Donald Trump is going to be Clinton to the White House. That's what he says. He, he just can't, he can't even face the fact that he's got to get through the whole primary. He's got to get to be the Republican nominee before he can beat Clinton to the White House. And then Clinton also has to get to be the Democratic nominee, nominee or nominee. I don't know what that means. So let's see what the most read stories on the BBC are. A footballer admits child sex charge. And uh, he's a soccer player. He's not really, but they call it football over there. Uh, please, let's not, let's, we have got to crack down on these people who are having sex with children. I don't, I don't like it. And so who disagrees with that? Nobody. Well, this guy, maybe, uh, he would like us to lighten up on those dudes, but what, let's see what, what's the story about him. Uh, Adam Johnson pled guilty to one kind of sexual activity with a child. Oh, creepy. And one charge of grooming. What the, what the hell is grooming? I don't know. Well, that's beyond, I don't know. I don't know how we, I don't, I don't know how we find out what grooming is. I don't even know if we want to know what grooming is, but it's illegal in Britain. I think I think grooming, I think we're allowed to groom here, but, uh, but oh, grooming may be some kind of pre-pimping kind of thing. That's my guess, of course. And why would you be listening to this if it wasn't to hear me guess about what the British news means? North Korea executes army chief, uh, Dash reports. Uh uh, North Korea has executed its army chief of staff, Ri Yong-gil, according to unconfirmed South Korean media response. Yeah, see, that's who we got to we got to depend on unconfirmed South Korean media to tell us what's going on in North Korea because they're under secret. But what's what's news here that their North Koreans are executing high ranking officials? They, they do that all the time because they can't they can't get their shit together. It's not easy to oppress people, and you keep having to fire your top guys when you try and do it. So let that be a lesson to you, uh, future possible dictators who might be listening right now. Number uh, Then the number three story is the Trump story. Parents are urged to boycott VTech toys. I don't even know what those are, but they look like they're for tiny children. They look like they're sort of iPads or something with cameras for small children. But don't give that to your children. Give your children a bear or a box or a roll of tape. You know, kids love tape, and I'm not a scotch tape. I'm not kidding. You give them a box and all the scotch tape they can handle and uh, <laughs> pour yourself a cocktail because you got the rest of the afternoon off. Uh, okay, 
The number five story here on the BBC, elephant rampage causes panic in India. Now, I feel bad for anybody who's injured or who's suffered property damage due to an elephant rampage. But as a Westerner, it just, we don't, we have so few animal rampages here in the United States that it's exciting to read about. A wild elephant went on an hours-long rampage in India's West Bengal state, sending residents fleeing in panic. No kidding. I think if I saw an elephant running down the street, I like to think I would run, but I think my first reaction would be to hide or get out my camera. You gotta, you gotta Instagram that, right? When there's an elephant on the loose, officials fired tranquilizer darts to control the animal after it damaged dozens of homes, cars, and motorbikes. And then there's a photo of this thing. You know, people are running from, there are people who, obviously, these are somebody's Instagram. And there's one picture of this elephant in the middle of a bunch of cars and motorcycles. It's a female elephant. And she's kind of got loose in the sea. She's confused. She's like, what the fuck? I just wanted to get some peanuts or whatever. I don't know if they really like peanuts. It's, it's, it seems like if you're an elephant and you love peanuts, I get it. Peanuts are delicious, but you're so big. You're never going to be able to get enough peanuts in you to make a nutritional difference. I mean, it's just really a flavor treat for you elephants. And then there's a photo of the elephant being picked up in this double crane thing. Man, it's a tough world. It's a tough world for elephants. And uh, it's a tough world for everybody. <sighs> my daughter's uh, my daughter's teacher last year had, had been battling cancer. She'd been battling cancer for a few years. We just found out that she passed away today. So um, we're a little sad about our loss of Tamara and her family's loss, and uh, and we're sad about all the victims of the elephant ramp. Jeez, what a downer, ladies and gentlemen! I kind of really kind of took this in the wrong direction. Let's go, let's go back to the BBC and let's see. I gotta get maybe I get some. There's Greeks crow over Deutsche Bank woes, and the sh <laughs> the photo for that story is a pair of Teva style sandals with uh, a guy with white socks is wearing them. I think that's German. That's what that's what the BBC thinks is that's how you shorthand Germans is uh, you know sandals with white socks. That's what the Germans like to do. Deutsche Bank is in trouble, so <laughs> pull up your socks. And let's get to work, Germans. Hey, I am so glad you're listening. I'm so glad to have my guest, Brad uh, Wenzel, here this week. And uh, this is, it's, I'm about to start it. You know, I have to say, I talked to Brad right after I did my last episode of the podcast. Sometimes it's hard to get my act together to keep this podcast. I forget. I forget that I'm also doing a podcast in the midst of everything else I'm doing. So while you're listening to Brad, I'm going to go shoot a video to promote my gig coming up in Minneapolis. And then you'll be able to watch that on Facebook after I post it, after I post this, after you listen to this. Don't forget to crank it up. We got a lot on our minds and not enough time. We're live. It, it's turned on now. Yeah, we're underway. All right. It's happening. It's, it's real. It's I on. know how to edit it, but please, let's not. <laughs> All right. Right out of the gate. Right. So, Brad. <laughs> hi. Hello. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to see you, too. We had a fun time running into each other uh, the other night at the, what was, it, what was the name the of the show? The Blind Barber. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool show. It was uh, is a, a secret show. I don't even know if we're supposed to talk about it because it's like a secret show. But I think we're allowed to talk about it because <laughs> I, I 
I think people are allowed to know about it. They just can't go to it. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they can go to it, but yeah, they had a good crowd. Like it was packed. Yeah, you have to be on a. You have to be on some kind of a list. I think they have an email list, and so you sign up for the email list, and then some select people get the email. get a drawing. Oh, okay. Because they were telling me the guys who run it. Um, we're telling me, and I can't. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the guys who run it. Uh, I know, right? I don't know, like, because you. Almost, it's your instinct if you do a fun show to like tell, like, tell people how to promote it in a sense, because you're like, yeah, so people will know and go to the show. But this is like, and it's counterintuitive. Well, this is the other thing about me being some. You know, I feel like I am so far separated from understanding what is going. It was so much fun to do the show and to be invited. <laughs> But the three guys who run it, who are comics, are uh, they get this mailing list and they m email the people who are interested in coming to the show. And they got a thousand people on the list, but the room only seats 120 mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. And so then now there's so many people who are signed up, they get mad when they can't get in. But uh -huh. none of them pay to go to the comedy show, and we don't get paid. Not that I'm complaining. It was super fun, and yeah, it was, was happy really to fun show. Go out and hang out and everything. But uh, it's like, how, what? I'm not really even. I don't. I'm not sure. I understood. It was just a purely kind of emotional exchange. I had a good time. The audience had a good time. Yeah, yeah. The absolutely. guys who book it seem to be having a good time. But it's in the back of a bar. Like you walk through a barber shop. Yeah. And then you're in the club. And I thought it was just secret back room of a barber shop. But it's actually that's a bar that's there all the time that's so, it's so i've never really seen anything like that and the front of the building you would never know yeah. i think uh someone i don't remember which comic said it but someone described it as the scene in goodfellas when they go through the other entrance to get into the restaurant and he's like uh -huh. giving everybody money and then you and then they get a table like it was like that that's how you feel walking into the show it just gets like nicer and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm in like a really cool bar all of a sudden. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then it emptied out. Did you, did you stay a little while after the show? Because by the time I was talking in the back to mm -hmm. you and then then I got talking to uh, somebody else. And then uh, when I walked out, it was like everybody's gone. Yeah, yeah. Like it, they don't stay for another drink or a grilled cheese sandwich. That was the other funny yeah. thing. They go, they've got really good grilled cheese sandwiches. Uh-huh, yeah. Like, okay. if, it all sounds like uh, you dreamed it. If you were to explain it to somebody, I don't understand who put up the money for the guy who goes. My, yeah, it's going to be a bar, but it's in the back of another thing. We're not going to have any signs. Nobody's going to know how to get in there. We're going to serve grilled cheese. It must have been just something else when like that building was built, and then it just kind of happened that way. I don't, maybe it was a a bar that wanted a barber shop in addition to the bar. Maybe <laughs> like, maybe see I I had thought that maybe I was an old guy and I just didn't understand, but maybe the future is we're only going to go places that we know where we're going ahead of time. No one's you're never going to accidentally see a place to go uh -huh. anymore. You're never going to be driving by and go, "Oh, you know what? Next Saturday I'm going to go I'm going to check that place out." Uh -huh. It's all going to have to be, someone has to tell you about it, and then you have to go and just try and get in. Yeah. Or get on the, you got to email them, and they have to select you, and then you can go. Yeah. That's, that's, that's possible. Maybe that's the future. I don't know. I like, I like deliberate audience members, <laughs> people who decided I would like to go see comedy. Well, that was the is, best is thing. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like if, um, if people 
in the in the rest of the country, I guess it's different out here because there's so much comedy. But typically, if in the rest of the country, if you give away, like if people get in for free, a lot of times it can be less good because they don't care so much. <laughs> well, they don't think it's good. This yeah. this is a play. This is a way where they figured out a way to get people think the show is good, but get them to come for free. I just. I kind of feel like it's time to start charging those people, but I, you know, I don't want to tell anybody their business. Yeah, it might it might ruin the their uh, the thing they got going. Like you know? with drug dealing, I know that they give you the first one for free, <laughs> and then they start charging you afterwards. But comedians are not good business people, so maybe yeah. that's what happened. Yeah, I don't know. It's up to them. It's a, they'll they'll figure they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. It's not yeah. our responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good time, and that's all. That yeah, it's a fantastic so, show. But it was nice to run into you because we met. I guess it's going to be like almost a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Royal Royal Oak was where we met. Well, uh, I right? always tell people it's Detroit, but yeah, okay, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Royal Oak. I'm Michigan. from there, so I can't even like I can't entertain it's not that Detroit. lie. It's no. too far out of Detroit. I no, it's a long way. It cost me, I think something over 20 bucks in an uber to get to detroit from mm. my hotel which was closer to detroit than yeah. the comedy clubs so. oh yeah it's a it's a suburb of detroit i i actually said that i was there last weekend and i said that on stage <laughs> because um the host was a friend of mine he mentioned that he his hometown was toledo and he got a bunch of grief from the audience and then I mentioned my hometown, which is Monroe, Michigan, and I got grief from a lady in the front row, and I was like, take it easy, Royal Oak. You're not even Detroit. You're not like you don't even... Like, I just went on a rant for like 30 seconds, but they thought it was very funny. But I was like, <laughs> I had I had, I had had to bring that up in Royal Oak. The last time I was there, I'm like, you're not... That it's not Detroit. You're well, not even Detroit. Like, like, is, is Detroit something that people from Detroit... I mean, I guess they're proud of it, but it's a, it's a tough town. You go downtown... Yeah. And that's not, uh, it's not a wonderland. It's not no, a no. beautiful. Like, it's gotten a lot better, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, yeah, it's really nice in the area by the Greek town and the arenas and stuff. But yeah, it's just a thing of like, um, uh, it was more of a, you need to take it down a notch. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You're not that incredible it's a nice city i like but it so you but, could say though fair enough that you grew up outside of detroit yeah yeah i only say detroit to when i'm out of state because it's so much simpler but normally i'll say i'm from monroe it's like 40 minutes south of detroit so it's really not it's not yeah. detroit at all well no. i always say i'm from iowa but uh, technically i've lived in california now for more than 30 years so mm -hmm. So where, well, you know, yeah. you can't figure all that And out. I've been in Ann Arbor the last few years, but people have heard of Ann Arbor, so sometimes that's easier, but like sometimes people have only really heard of Detroit as a city, so it's mm -hmm. easier. And comedy-wise, because it's just essentially eastern Michigan, it's easier to say Detroit in the sense of like, what comedy scene are you from? It's easier Got to it. say Detroit to a comedian and they'll be like, oh, I know so-and-so from that area or something. And you're kind of in the process of coming out here, testing the waters out here? What are you doing? Yeah. Well, I came out to do uh, Conan, which was Your cool. First Conan. Yeah, that nice. was very it's exciting. It's online. People it's, can Google it. It's live. It. It's on, or not live. It's The link is live, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, got to, I came out to do that and then was just like, I might as well stay for like a week and, and do shows and stuff. And then it's looking like we're... Uh, my girlfriend and I might move out here in like six months or so, but it's still like we're still figuring it out. We don't know. 
What does exactly. she do? She's finishing up school. She goes to the University of Michigan. And then uh, she works in the Natural History Museum there. And she likes that. And so she was hoping to pursue another museum-type job. And she also has a major in economics. Like, her major's economics. Her minor's evolutionary biology, which is, like, where the museum stuff kind of comes in. Uh-huh. So she... Well, I mean, if you believe in evolution. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean... Well, she, it's funny. She'll do tours at this museum and different schools come in and certain, uh, like, uh, I think it's like Jesuits or something will come in and the teachers will be like, don't listen to what they say about evolution. Like, they'll tell them to be like, yeah, don't. Because <laughs> their thing is, Earth, we're, we've been here for 6,000 years and yeah, God yeah. put all the fossils here to test us. And Yeah, and yeah. and uh, she's like, this is this is crazy. Like, how can you come to a place for learning and then be like, but don't listen to Well, that's yeah. what I wonder about the people. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from your religious beliefs, <laughs> person who's listening to this. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just seems like, man, if you can't find a way to make it fit with what science is saying if you can't kind of allow for an explanation that lets both of those things be true Mm -hmm. then you're kind of insisting on your kids not being as informed as the other kids but that's my that's my dumb i grew up catholic and went to catholic school like k through like high school Mm -hmm. and even the even the the pope or whatever acknowledges evolution as a thing and i I, like i disagree with them on plenty of things but like even to me i'm like even if the pope is like yeah evolution's real at at a certain point it's like yeah you should (laughs) it's weird to ignore it you know maybe it's because you're catholic but i would i didn't grow up catholic and i thought that the pope was everybody's pope but he's really only the catholic people yeah yeah he's so you can't these other kind of yeah witnesses and testifiers and rollers that mm-hmm. you can't lump them in they don't care about the pope the pope yeah, is yeah. just another guy <laughs> with a silly hat yep <laughs> to them basically yeah um but anyway so you grew up there your girlfriend mm. works in the muse- museum you're thinking about coming out here so you yeah, guys are both yeah. in your early 20s right? yeah yeah i'm gonna be 23 in a few weeks and she turned 23 like a month ago about Man, so, that's exciting! You're at the yeah. beginning. You're at the you're coming to LA, the <laughs> beginning of your career. What's it feel like? Yeah, man? it's uh, it's terrifying. It's totally uh, terrifying because I don't know. I guess I just have a, an overall fear of just like running out of money and like what do I? Mm. Yeah, what do I do? One. That's, that's so, one of the greatest hits of fears. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not sharks too, is a big one, but running out of money. Sh- sharks also, I'm ter- you won't. I won't go in the ocean. That's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's like I'm not to a point where I'm comfortable with it enough to be like, this is a really good idea. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like this is a good idea, and I'm skeptical <laughs> of it. You know? Well, you've got your um, you've got your where you're coming from with your comedy down. I mean, from y- yeah. what I've seen, because we work together at Royal Oak, mm. which I call Detroit. Yeah, yeah. And we also worked together <laughs> in Chicago, which actually was Chicago. That was Chicago. And yep. then last night we worked in the back of this barbershop. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good position to judge you. Oh, yeah. You've um, seen me in various yeah, scenarios. I've seen you in, for a, in sure. various scenarios yeah. facing various opponents. <laughs> and uh, so I feel like you got your 
point of view down, mm. and uh, your material is solid, funny. You've obviously got the Conan validation. That yeah, that helps a lot. And that, what about working on the road? Are you going on the road a lot? Yeah, that w- well, that's the thing with coming out here is like I I uh, I kind of was having this conversation with uh, my uh, manager guy when I came out here was like where where should I move kind of a thing. And he was like, you're going to continue to make a lot of your money predominantly on the road. So, but most of my connections are in the Midwest. So it's like coming out here, it's like, all right, can will I be able to get back? Because you were adding airfare on to yeah, all exactly. the expenses so it's for those gigs. Stuff now. like that is very like, uh, I don't know about this, but you know. Um, well, that's a definitely a consideration because I feel like you want to, if you're going to move out here, you got to be out here enough to get seen out Exactly. Here. Yeah, so that's a part of it too. you got to get an agent go on auditions. you got to be able to get into all the um, backdoor barbershop grilled uh-huh, cheese sandwich yeah. shows. and That was the only thing that was um, comforting, I guess, uh in like the all the shows I've done this week is I've they were all like really good and different and so like like I did like um tell me about the other shows you did while you were in town yeah I did like last night I did creep show which is at uh, uh the name of the restaurant is uh, escaping me but it's upstairs at this restaurant it's called creep show if you just look that up you would find it um but that is um I guess like what you would say is more of a uh, an alternative comedy kind of venue, and well, what, what, why do they call it Creep Show? I don't know. It's just the you name. Didn't have to dress they had up. a theme song for it, and did I you have like to dress up. No, you, have, did you have to put your hand into a jar. I made. I opened by joking in. that like if I creep the audience out, it's it's deliberate. It's not my general vibe. It's it's just me participating in the theme of the just show just for that night yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, unlike any other show i might do where i'm just creepy uh and uh but it was a really fun show and then i went from there to uh the comedy store and did a set on the like pre roast battle show which is like i don't know if you've seen roast battle no it's where like they have two comedians like like zing each other back and forth and it's a spectacle uh, and the crowd is like chanting, and they have a DJ, and it's really fun to watch. But it, they it have sounds s- all, all, like the worst thing to be in ever. Would not, <laughs> oh would yeah, I want to be in a roast. It's battle, for people right? who write roast jokes. You okay. you have an opponent. Like if you and I did it, like we would write jokes for I don't know how long leading up to it, and then we would go back and forth like zinging each other in front of an audience. How and then long they have, could like, that go on? It's a short show. They only they have like different uh, matchups, and uh-huh. then it's like I think it might be like thirty minutes maybe but before that when the crowd is just in there they have like stand-up sets i see so i did that and it was like this crowd's different because they're here to see roast battle you know that's a different vibe than the show i was at previously and like both the shows went well and i had i have enough jokes that i can adapt and you Mm -hmm. know so that was kind of a nice feeling of like oh i can my 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 jokes travel well. This is good. I can well because the comedy know. store is very mainstream room. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. The comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and the Improv in L.A. If yeah. you're listening and you want to, yeah, know, exactly. Know the traditional comedy rooms here. Mm. And then what other shows have you done while you've been in town? I was at well when I I came in on last Sunday and then Monday I went up at a hot tub at the Virgil, which was really great. Is uh, is there a hot tub? No, there is no I hot know, tub. I've just been to the name. Virgil. They just call it the hot <laughs> All tub. All the they shows the have fun show. names. I, I was joking to someone the last time I was here is that it's just like if you just listed off enough uh, gibberish words, you would sound like you were doing really well. Like I'd be like, well, I did Candy Smash and then 
uh, grab them and stab them. And yeah, then, have you like, done nasal you know, spray? Yeah. And oh, nasal spray is good. Yeah. Did you do dig a hole? I didn't do dig a hole. Yeah, dig a well, hole. Well, I tried to get. I got like on the short list for dig a hole, but then it was it mm-hmm. was all booked mm-hmm. up. You know. So they all have fun names. But. Well, you got it. Next time you're in town, I know the guy who runs Jump Off a Box. <laughs> oh, <so. yeah. laughs> but uh, but that show's amazing. Uh, uh, Hot Tub is that was. Now, what makes it amazing? Just the, it's very well run. The crowd is awesome. Uh, And so so, it's again, it's like a situation where they've got their own mailing list. And so they email people because there's other shows at the Virgil. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the emailing thing because it definitely wasn't secret. It was just a a regular show. Uh, But I think they just uh, have consistently good lineups that they draw a really good comedy crowd and stuff like that so that was really fun because i got to run my uh conan set on that and then um i tuesday i went down to the comedy and magic club and did it again there and that was really fun i've been there room. a few times and yeah they're they're so nice there. and that's sort of a traditional room but it's also mm. it's also kind of different from a traditional room they do a lot of the 10 comic show where they mm. have 10 comics or 20 comics go up yeah. for the anniversary shows it's fun yeah, it reminds me a little bit of the Comedy Castle in Royal Oak. Like it, it, it has a. There's something about it that feels similar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was really great. They're always uh, really nice there. Then Wednesday I did Conan. I did the taping, which was exciting. And then uh, Thursday I did. Wait, uh, what'd you do after the taping? Did you go out and celebrate or have a yeah, good dinner? We, uh, we like we were starving afterwards, so we just got like some pizzas. And we ate some pizzas at my... I'm staying with uh, two comedians that I know, uh, Trevor Smith and Brent Sullivan. And so Trevor was with me, and we got uh, we got my girlfriend and him and uh, myself, we got some pizzas and ate those because we were just, like, really hungry. Uh-huh. And then uh, we went to uh, the uh, improv to meet up with other comics, and uh, my uh, manager guy set it up, uh, Dave... He was Who's like, your manager uh, guy? Dave Dave Rath. I feel uh, absurd when I say my, my manager. It's just you like, have to put that extra guy on there. I do. It's Dave Rath has been me, around so long that I feel like it makes me you can just call him your manager because he's a manager. Dave Rath is a manager. Yeah, it it uh, it makes me so uncomfortable saying my manager because I'm not. I think it's common out here. But being from like Michigan, like just saying that to someone, you're like, oh, what a, what a ridiculous person. Yeah, yeah. But so, you're in show business now. Yeah. You have so gigs. You have a manager. It'll. I'll get used to it eventually, maybe. Yeah. But I have to be like, oh, there's a person who I talk to and helps me with shows, like that guy. No, but uh, he's great, uh, Dave Rath. And then he recommended. He was like, let's go to the Improv and watch it on the TVs in the bar. Like that's like a thing people do. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, sounds good. So we met him and some other comics I knew there and uh, uh, the poor girl uh, walked up to us like 15 minutes before and she's like we don't have TBS and so we're like oh no that's no good we can't watch it here well time out Dave Rath <laughs> manager guy <laughs> it's a thing to go watch your Conan at a place that doesn't have the station that gets Conan it's a, I guess it was a, a tradition to watch late night sets in general okay. there and then they didn't have TBS. Dave's a, so. Dave's, a, Dave's a good manager, but he's a little bit out of the loop as far as TBS goes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so then uh, 
luckily uh trey stewart a comic i know who's originally from michigan he was there and he frequents the comedy store so he's like i know for a fact they have tbs at the comedy store let's like run over there really quickly so we can catch it and then we did and then we watched it uh we all watched it on the patio at the comedy store and that was really fun it was nice. very surreal to watch. It was. <laughs> I used to go to watch Letterman at this bar in Soho, like for years, and it was always the same bartender, and it was called Finelli. It's still there, the the bar. Mm-hmm. But we, I had I had been in there like five, six times in a row, and it was like come in, you know, there's ten, twelve people at the bar. Mm. They they don't have the sound up, but you know, you go, dude, I'm here to watch the thing. Will you turn it on? He turns on the sound. Mm. Everybody in the bar watches it. You kinda get a little bit of a round of applause. I mean it's uh. a little weird, but but you get a round of applause. And then one one time I went in there, the show it it, it aired on a Friday or something. Uh-huh. And so the place was packed and he was like, I can't turn on the TV because we've got too many people in here. Yeah, and I was like, "But this is my place." <laughs> like, well, you're not going to turn it on. That was, that was sad. That's so anticlimactic. But I had done it enough times that it wasn't like, "Oh, my whole night is ruined." So I'm yeah, glad yeah. that you got it was your first one and you got a great experience. It was, it was weird too because it aired. It airs earlier on the other side of the country, so everyone I know was watching it before I got to watch it. Oh, so did they text you or, or yeah, tell you? Yeah, that, yeah. So my phone like exploded like while it was airing over uh, on the rest of the country, and then I was like, I and, and I knew how my set went, so I was like, I felt good about it. I was like, that was a good set, but you don't know like how it looks or when something's recorded, you don't know. So you're like, I hope it's good, <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. because. Uh, because you don't get to see it till till after everybody saw it. So, um, but it was yeah, it went, it went well, and I was happy with it. Good, yeah. good. Thank you. Um, and where are you thinking now? You've been out here for going on almost a week, or mm. no, a little more than a week. Yeah, I've been. Out, I fly home tomorrow morning, so I've been out like a week and a half. Like, and uh, w- so, where do you think you want to live? I don't know. Like I've been staying it because uh, I was uh, I was talking over with Dave and uh, Dave, your manager Dave, guy, my manager, uh, very important. Uh, that uh, <laughs> he's a power uh, player yeah. who doesn't know that the improv doesn't have TBS. <laughs> now we all know that he felt he felt terrible that they didn't have TBS. I could tell he was he was like, oh no, this, this yeah, is yeah, no, a that's bummer. a big. It's kind of a yeah. yeah. I'm glad he you say it, it was nobody's fault. It was just like the they no, were it was Dave's to, fault. <laughs> But uh, we 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 all got over to the store and yeah, it was yeah. totally fine. Um, uh, but uh, basically, what we were saying is uh, it all because I'm just gonna be for the most part um, hopping around and doing shows. So it really would depend on where my girlfriend was working or something because she would have an uh, actual commute. So mm-hmm. he was like, it, it's definitely more would depend on that and then i i i don't know i might end up with a day job too but um do you have a day job now yeah i work i haven't been there in like a month and a half because it's, it's like hard to say if you really still do have it yeah it's like a slow it's their slow season and on top of that like i right when they had their slow season i booked a bunch of stuff to where i like didn't really need to be there uh-huh and so i haven't been there for like a month and a half or so but i still have it and i, and, I know when i'm going back yeah and i know i know this from when we worked together in uh-huh. royal oak not detroit but what, <laughs> what i forgot what's your day job uh i work uh part-time at a printing place in ypsilanti that prints like school yearbooks and like when like 
college graduation, how they take everyone's yeah. picture and then they mail you it. They do like that stuff. So is that a skill that you could kind of come all. out here? I, so it's I like you'd the, just be back to square one looking for I, a job. Yeah, so. it's it's like a, a, yeah. a monkey could do what I do. I just like, it's either data entry or putting stuff like in boxes. It's We get a lot of monkey jobs here in LA, let me tell yeah, you something. So. <laughs> So, but uh, it would, I guess it would, it seems like it would depend more on uh, where her, like, real job existed. Uh, but I've been staying over in Hollywood uh, with uh, Trevor and Brent and have been like, oh, this area is just, like, really nice. I don't think I'll end up there because it's really nice. Uh, but uh, I, I definitely was like, oh, this is kind of close to everything and it's fun to walk around and stuff but yeah uh, yeah all the main comedy clubs are over there and then yeah, you, yeah. and then the cool the groovy kids comedy clubs in silver lake and then yeah, around yeah. there los Feliz, or you're close to that yeah so that's a really cool area but and other than that i don't know i don't know much i don't i don't know much about neighborhoods and what is what what's and, dave what's what's your manager guy say <laughs> <laughs> about what's what's the plan when you get out here what are you looking well, to do well that's what he's saying he was basically like just keep in mind, you're probably gonna make continue to make money doing what you're doing now, which is on the road. So you know, like you got to try to find a way to make that work. But then, like I, I submitted for um, uh, a, I had never submitted for writing before, and uh, I think I'm okay to talk about this. On, on writing, I think but, you can. Uh, yeah, well, trust I, me, I don't, I'm not sure who's listening exactly, but I don't think you're gonna be letting any cats okay. out of the bag that well, you submitted. You you put um, in some writing for, samples for uh, a job. Yeah, for a monologue writing for Conan, and I had I had not done that before, so I did that uh, a couple months ago, and I didn't get the job, but uh, I made it very far in the process. Like they they narrow it down. Right, and so I you're think potentially I was like sixth or something out of like two hundred. So like it, that was really fun to do. Like I really enjoyed making the packet, and then it like it got really far. So hopefully, that's something I can continue to pursue because at least that's the only thing outside of actual stand up where I'm like I know I am capable of that. Like I can write jokes. Right. Like that makes sense to me. Everything else to me feels very abstract. Well, what about writing for a show like uh, you know, The Simpsons or a Family Guy type of show where it's it's there's stories but really it's jokes. That would be cool uh but to me like that because I've never done it, it just seems like I have no idea if I have that skill or not. Don't like, worry so much about whether you have the skill. Worry about whether it seems like fun or not. This that is would my be advice fun. to you. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, you're coming out here. This was ha what happened to me when I first came here, and I was older than you are now. I was in my, my um, later 20s, uh, 26, I think, when I first moved to L.A., mm. and or 27. Well, I guess that's mid-20s. But people, your manager guy uh -huh. <laughs> would come up to you. My manager guy would say, uh, you know, what do you want to do? Or then you'd meet with an agent. And they'd be like, well, what's your dream? What do you want to do? And uh -huh. I'd be like, I don't know. What, can I, what are my choices? You know, what kind of ice cream do you have? <laughs> and uh, so you really got to think about, I mean, do, would you like to write? You mm -hmm. know, would you like to write for a sitcom? That's a possibility. Would, do you want to try acting? Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I feel the same way about. Do you want to be a game show host? I'm no, like, but that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. all of this stuff sounds like crazy stuff to you, uh, and so you got to try and project yourself in. Like, hey, I know I can do stand up in comedy clubs, and I like doing that. Yeah. If you still like, if that's what you want to do, uh, I mean, maybe maybe it's not time to move out here now. Maybe it's time to get your manager guy out here to 
get you booked solidly on the road and just come into L.A. for strategic getting seen moments, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, it's definitely something to consider. It's, it's, I would like, I like stand-up because I know it's my favorite thing and I know how to do it. And in addition to that, I'd like to not be homeless. So if, uh, if I can... Uh, yeah, talk more about running out of money. Then how does that play yeah. out? I would like that. That would that would be what I'm trying to avoid, which is I would come out here and I'd move, and then a year would go by, and I'd run out of money or something, or a year and a half, and then I would have to go. It's pretty home. great though that you got enough money to make it a year and a half. Yeah, well, I've been saving for a long time, yeah. but it's still like it's you know. Well, you wouldn't just run the tank down and then it'd be surprised. Eighteen months after you got here, you broke. You would see it coming, and you'd go, "Look, man, I need to change something before this happens. I need to get a job. I need to move back. I need to go on the road more. Yeah. Um, I need to get my girlfriend a better job. <laughs> and maybe you need two girlfriends with jobs. You know, pimp. That's a great uh, occupation. I would be a terrible pimp. I can't say. I can't say like no to people, and I just like. Yeah, that's you're right. You know, self knowledge is really the best knowledge, and so knowing right off that you would be a terrible pimp, be an awful pimp. You've saved yourself a lot of headaches right off the bat. Like you're not rolling out pimp. You're not going to write in, write in, and act it. Maybe. Yeah, pimping. No, no. be terrible. Well, you just saved yourself a lot of money on pimp classes because I don't like. I don't like the industry either. (laughs) It's. <laughs> you the horror I'm industry. Anti, yeah, I'm anti. <laughs> yeah, selling sex for money. It's it's passe. I mean, we've we've been down that road. Um, but it's. I don't think it's going to go away. But I I think you're smart to avoid it. I think you're smart to skip pimping. <laughs> yeah. Porn. Have you have you thought about porn? Because that's the I thing. Mean, nah, nah. I mean, I maybe I could do like like I could hold the boom or something like I could hold the boom mic just work on the crew and yeah, porn yeah just be mm-hmm. on the crew <laughs> yeah. I feel like you'd be better off working on the crew in uh, car commercials or something like that than, <laughs> yeah. than porn I mean if you're yeah. gonna work on the crew that's true of something I mean don't get me wrong it would be exciting to be there while people are having sex but I don't I don't know I think what do you think do you think you would would it be that much better than just watching the porn to be there while they're making the porn? No, I think it would be like even like a regular movie is not can't be as exciting. There's no magic because mm. they're making it. Like so it'd be like Good point. So if you were on the set of Jurassic World and they would be like, Now imagine though there's a dinosaur there that would not be nearly as entertaining as when you watch the movie in the theater and there's a dinosaur there. So it's already fake sex. Like, it's real sex. When they're making the porn, there is a dinosaur there, metaphorically. (laughs) I mean, that's the dinosaurs are really doing all that stuff in the porn, right? I think it would just be clinical and sad. (laughs) Well, and also, like, how much could you take, you know? Like, I'm good for maybe an orgasm a day. (laughs) And so... You'd either get so excited at work that we'd have to come home and take care of business, or it'd be lunch break and everybody runs to the bathroom, and then the rest of the afternoon is terrible because now you've already had an orgasm. Yeah, I feel like you at work would be like, "Oh, this is this is weird," and then you would have to go and and like sit on a bench and think. Like, like I just don't. I don't think it would be fun. At all. You're like, hey, Brad, what are you doing? I don't I'm just know. trying to work out what the what morning in my head. I don't know if what we're doing is right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. So you've ruled out pimping and whoring mm. and porn. Yeah, and uh, that's good. Um, 
It's drug fun. dealing? Do you have any experience with drug dealing? No, I mean, I guess, no, I don't know. I don't think I'd be a very good drug dealer. It's tough out here, too, because medical pot is legal. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, I feel like hard drugs, that's just I did trouble. A, a joke in my uh, Conan set about, like, tur- like, politely turning down weed. And, like, the punchline is, like, just saying, like, no, I'm a cop. Uh, but I was nervous. It was like, cause it's basically legal out here. I was like, well, people still find that funny. And then I, it, it's worked. I've done it on other shows out here too. And people still find it funny just cause you would, cops are scary. But, uh, I was, there was a, a moment of like, I hope this joke works here. You know, I mean, it's legal, but it's not legal, legal. It's not legal yeah, for yeah. recreational use. Like you have to pretend that you have some chronic back yeah, pain. Yeah. You can't just go in and get weed. You have to, you have to, you have to There's take an form. acting class and you have to go. It doesn't have to be a good acting class. Cause you only have to convince a kind of a washed up doctor that uh. you, that you need pot. Um, but yeah, it's funny. This conversation too, is it's all very of the moment. So, like, I feel like in two weeks, everything I'm telling you, I'll have a different opinion on or a different perspective on. Because, like, I, I I had the conversation with Dave about, like, kind Dave, of... Dave fig- Rath, manager Dave guy. Rath, manager guy, about figuring out where to uh, move and stuff, like, on Monday, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and it was something I'd been thinking about for a long time and saving money for and whatnot, but still haven't, hadn't committed really to a place or anything and now it it feels much more la leaning than it had been before before i was thinking more new york and then so now it feels more la leaning but it's still there's a few months get things in order and decide and you know and make well and also the girlfriend you guys are both making a big decision together she's very pro la so that's that's a part of it and it's great too because that's the that's really the challenging thing to me, uh, it's either a long-distance relationship or, or when you're moving here and someone else is moving here with you, mm. like, they can resent you because, oh, we moved to L.A. because it was you, and yeah. now I don't get what I want. But So it's great to hear that she's into it, too. Yeah, she, like, especially because then she came out here uh, this week. She was just here for a shorter window of time than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but she flew out so she could see the taping and stuff, and... She seemed to like really like like this place, you know. She was like, "Yeah, I, I'm not I would a, like to live yeah. here," you know. So, um, so that's good. But um, I'm not an expert yeah. salesman, but I would say bringing people out in January from Michigan <laughs> to Los Angeles, <laughs> absolutely, it's yeah. a it's a pretty easy sell. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a little bit, and then especially if I'm going to leave to do shows and stuff on the road or what have you it's much easier uh to ask that of someone to tolerate that if they're somewhere they like opposed to somewhere they don't like so much so Mm. it's just reasonable well the tricky thing with that is to make sure that she's got you know she's got friends and a life here besides you yeah yeah you know but so that's all because otherwise it's just like locking your pet up in the house and going away for five days that's not acceptable they're mad when you get home (laughs) they are mad (laughs) but yeah so that's that's all stuff that has to be considered and there's just so many variables so yeah no you got a lot going on when if you so it's still a if you're gonna move it's not a when you're gonna move yeah i feel like it's when but i'm i'm just so indecisive in general that i can't like like even like like i had a conversation where like we're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna move out here this is where we're gonna move 
And then, like, I had someone I don't know that will be like, so you're moving out here? And, like, I couldn't bring myself to be, like, affirmative. I, like, can't. Yeah, you're still like, in, yeah, you're yeah. in the process. You're in process. That's I was just okay like, I, I'm process. pretty sure, I think, I think that's what, what I'm going to do. So um, let me ask you this question about just to kind of rewind to the life that you, where you are now. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're living, you guys live together? Yeah, in uh, Ann Arbor, yeah. And she works at the Natural History Museum in Ann Arbor. Yes, and she goes to uh, U of M. Yep. Right. Simul like simultaneously. Yep. Well, not simultaneously. Like she's Wait. not at the university, and she's there's well, not she's not a clone. I mean, it's basically on campus, so it kind of like she can go. She's the University goes, of the Natural History Museum is on the university yeah, campus. Ann Arbor is one of those campuses that's essentially intertwined with the city. Mm-hmm. And so then it, uh, she like she's definitely gone from work to a class and back to work and stuff like that. Have you ever been at the museum at night uh, when it's closed think, and all the exhibits come alive? Yeah, I think one time, I, like I've made those jokes where I went to pick her up or something, and we were walking around, and she was the person like shutting off the lights. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's weird. It's weird having dinosaur bones and stuff, and then just and all the lights go out but know? it's dinosaur bones and stuffed animals there's not a there's not a teddy roosevelt or a no Custer's it's last it's stand. uh it's all yeah it's all dinosaurs and and various mammals and then they have like rotating exhibits in different wings like mm-hmm. where every couple months it's something different than it was before so they might have had teddy roosevelt or something in there at one point but i think it's more yeah, natural leaning, more animal stuff. Teddy Roosevelt was not only a naturalist, founder of our nation's natu- <laughs> national parks, yeah. but he's also an animal, <laughs> as, we, as we all are. Yeah. It's easy to forget that. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, we're just smart monkeys. Yeah, I know it's it's well, and you know, I feel like I struggle with that sometimes. Not not. Uh, just this this idea that we're we're not just a brain that's walking around independent of being a physical animal. Uh, we're physical animals. Yeah, and that's why it's hard to work on the set of a porn all day. <laughs> that's like you ever have something where you're like you're uh, stressed or or something, and then like and you're you you have a lot going on, and then you realize like oh it's because I didn't drink water. <laughs> I have had that that dehydration thing. And then you drink water and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. And it's just like, why? It feels like everything's falling apart. And then you realize you just didn't. You just, your body needs water to continue right. working. I, yeah, it's funny that you're so, uh, the, that you need water. Yeah, water, hydration, it's very important. <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I'm struggling with moments like that, it's because I, either I have, maybe I have a hangover or, uh, or I need coffee. Yeah. Yeah, the coffee thing is one that I need. Yeah, I've had a I've been a, had a weird relationship with coffee the last few days because my I have like low blood sugar. But that's right. Been, you mentioned that the other night yeah, at the blind barber. Really, you were eating a power bar or was, something. Yeah, like a nut bar. I was. It's been really erratic the last few days, and I don't know what's like. I'm gonna go to a doctor when I go home because I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why it's been fluctuating. Uh, and so like I haven't coffee hasn't been like sitting well with me, and, and normally it's uh it like I love coffee. And so I've been like uh, kind of avoiding, like I had a Coke Zero this morning because there's no sugar in it and it has the caffeine. So I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm using this as a substitute. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I've been like missing drinking. I like to drink coffee and write jokes, you know, like I like doing. Yeah. Oh, I together. love coffee. Yeah. I love coffee. 
you know, it's you can be in danger of burning out your adrenal glands. That's that's what I've heard about coffee. You got to wait. Really? Caffeine, caffeine can can cook you. And you, what? Do, wait, what are the like adrenaline? Like what? Yeah, yeah, what do those adrenal, glands do? Like adrenaline I don't, I don't really? Know. It's your adrenal system if you need energy in an emergency or to to perk yourself out just to kind of level your energy out for the day uh-huh. you can be supplying yourself so hard with coffee all the time that it messes that it that just up. kind of can shut that down I, I may i might i may not be describing this exactly right but i just know that i read in a newsletter by an actual doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> not not another comedian <laughs> that would make sense mm-hmm. so maybe i was pretty i don't think i'm in danger I'm of pretty low that. energy in general so and then it's like so I don't know. I don't know if I ever had those glands to begin with. <laughs> no, I would think everybody has them, but maybe you're right. Maybe you didn't have them. Maybe <laughs> you didn't have them. calm, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I got a little lost too. Where's your next gig? Uh, my next gig is I'm going to fly home tomorrow, and then I'm actually going up to Detroit to Hamtramck, which is like a weird island in the middle of Detroit. It's like its own... Hamtramck? Hamtramck, yeah. It's like What do you mean it's an island in the middle of Detroit? It's like a city that is somehow surrounded by Detroit, though. I don't know how to explain it. It's Have you been there before? Yeah. It's a a monthly show there called uh, Ray and Laura's Comedy Showcase, ran by Ray and Laura. And, uh, it's, it's not really like the fun. ones out here where it's called, you know, the <laughs> similar <laughs> dog in a can or show, something though. like that. Very like but I very like the Midwestern venue and 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 vibe and and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just called Ray and Lords. But it's a fun monthly show, so I'll do I'll do that tomorrow when I get home. And then Friday, I'm gonna do a show uh, in like Kalamazoo that like comics run. That's like a bunch of people I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it together and run it so that'll those are two just kind of fun like local it'll be nice to go home and see everybody like i've i've been out here so do those two shows and then uh the weekend them at dr grins and grand rapids and then they heard dr grins is good yeah i like dr grins and the ann arbor comedy showcase yeah that's uh which is a club but that's the name of the club Got it. Yeah, it sounds like it's like a, a showcase. It sounds like it's, it's a, a thing. It's it sounds a club like the name with yeah. three man shows, but uh, that's my home home club. So that that'll be that'll be fun, and then yeah. Do you have a website? Yes, uh, bradcomedy.com. Uh, and uh, yeah, all my stuff's on there. Bradcomedy.com. I wanted bradwenzel.com, and I couldn't get it. So I why? Brad. I don't know. Is it's, there another was, Brad Wenzel? It was not available. Have you it, tried to visit bradwenzel.com? Yeah, there's nothing there. When you like go to it, it's like oh. this is a defunct webpage or something. But uh yeah, so I always I always feel like I settled, but yeah, it's Brad. It's nice though if you meet someone in passing, they don't have to know how to spell how to, it right yeah, cuz it's so. W E N Z E L, is that yep, right? Yep, yeah, that's there's it. There's not a T in there. Nope. No, that's that's a different name. Sometimes <laughs> we will we'll do that and it's just like you, th- th- that sound is not no. in the letters that was provided. Well, but people have funny ideas about how to spell your name. I've got two N's and an E in mine and b- but sometimes people want to put two S's in or one less N. It or, was funny on uh, on Cone and actually he put some flavor on my last name when he introduced me <laughs> like it's just wenzel mm-hmm. uh and he and he liked it like the wenzel and so i had <laughs> like a little bit of a flourish on the end well it's denzel like, i was like this is this is i've gone hollywood now this is my new <laughs> you're going black <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah 
Denzel Wenzel. Yeah. Man, you got to have a kid. Yeah, named him Denzel. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. And then he would be like, it's actually Wenzel, though. So he'd be like, Denzel it's... Wenzel. Like it would, like, <laughs> it would be a nightmare for him. Don't tell him how to say his own name. He's yeah. going to go, no, Dad. It's Denzel Wenzel. <laughs> That's how I say it. <laughs> exactly. But don't let me tell you how kids are. Um, well, this is all. I'm I'm trying to think of what other what other things are going on with you that we can talk about. I'm just so excited for you because you're at this point of your career mm. where you're just coming to town. You know, you've got this validation. Anything yeah. is possible. <laughs> you're already trying to limit yourself. That's the funny thing is like I had that same Midwestern thing of like I don't know how to do those. Things. I don't know how to write a screenplay. I don't know how. Uh, to, it's uh yeah it's it's uh like I'd like to it just seems crazy to me but <laughs> but it uh, seems crazy if you just said to yourself five years ago that you're gonna be on Conan O'Brien and come yeah, to L A and wanted have a manager do, guy I just wanted to do you know stand up and and get good at it yeah that's true I think it's because stand up so you can just do it and know where you stand pretty straightforward with it like you can. You do it, and then there's instant feedback, and then you keep doing it, and you build on it, and it's just so straightforward. And like other things, like Rainer it seems very. Uh, I don't know how you know if you're particularly good at that. I I just don't know how you start. You know? Well, I feel like it's a similar kind of a thing, and it it just is your feedback is coming in a smaller place. Like with stand-up, you're going right on stage for your end yeah, audience yeah. and doing the show for them and hearing uh -huh. their response to it. Yeah, But yeah. with writing, you're going into a room. Once you've already got the job, you're going into a room with other writers and you're trying to make each other laugh and see what's funny and mm. then telling each other if that was funny. And yeah. then it's the frustrating part comes when you disagree and feel like, no, no, you say that's not funny, but I know it is funny. <laughs> yeah. The only, like, even, like, small dose of that I had was a, f a friend of mine, uh, Dave Landau, had written, like, a, a pilot and was just kind of, like, telling me about it and, like, the gist of it and stuff. And I, and I was, I thought it was very funny. And I was saying, like, oh, you could, uh, you could even do this, like, just like throwing, uh -huh. like, like throwing stuff, because we're both comics. So, and, uh, and then he was like laughing. He's like, that is funny. Can I, like, and so I kind of, I understand that a little bit. That right. So like, that's okay, exactly because a lot of times, out there, but a lot of times the other people in the room are either other comics or people who went to Harvard or someplace mm. and wrote jokes that they told where they tried to make each other laugh, mm. you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so you're in a room full of guys like you. Yeah. I think I overthink these things too quite a yeah. bit. So, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, it's funny. Cause you were describing that thing where com cause comics, I feel like will go up to other comics and say, Oh, here's a joke that you could, I had an idea for one of the guys the other night at the barber show, mm. but I feel like, I didn't know that guy and he maybe didn't know that I was sort of successful and uh, you know it's yeah, just yeah. like look I just did that set and you saw it I'm some guy in a club yeah, yeah. I, maybe I shouldn't tell him my idea for a joke but I feel like comics it's a very common thing usually you mm. do it I had this experience though my wife made friends with this woman and she she had done a series of one woman shows like she was really established uh, and successful and she knew i was a successful comic and i came and saw her show and i came up and i had some idea 
that I was telling her, you know, not like, hey, you have to do this or it's uh. going to hurt my feelings or tell me, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to put her in an awkward spot. I'm trying to say, hey, look, I made if a you living ever for considered this. Yeah, I made a living for 30 years making people laugh. Here's something that maybe you could. Uh-huh. I'm trying to give you a present. Yeah, <laughs> and she acted like I was up in her business, and it was insulting to her that I would suggest that I had an idea for her show without asking or doing some kind of like maybe if it's okay solicitation and i kind of felt like boy this is we kind of got are on the wrong foot Uh uh-huh i think like for me if it's coming from another comic it's fine and especially if people like generally people present it in a nice way like like uh if you just acknowledge that it's unsolicited you you know you can be like hey but i had an idea um it's audience when audience members try to give you stuff that's not fun for me at all because well it's, it's very it's never it's it's never good it's, because a lot of time well you're lucky if it's even makes sense like, like yeah if it's something that you could that's conceivably like oh you could then pretend that that guy's a chicken it's like okay that is a thing that i could do but sometimes the thing that audience members have for you is like I got one that you could put in your act because you talked about this. And then they tell you some terrible racist, sexist thing. It's like, I can't. First of all, that's a bar joke. Second of all, you're under arrest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I do a joke about um, being uh, working on a golf course and uh, how uh, sometimes you would uh like you meet nice people, but you meet rude people. And then it goes into this like there should be a brand of golf ball. Uh, by title is called entitlist and then i just kind of say rude things that people do uh-huh. and one one of the like the ending of it is just talking about like someone holding you hostage when they know you're a comedian and telling you some long racist joke that you like they have they've lost all self-awareness so you can't even like well the worst is when know, they're done like when it's like okay punchline and then you have to decide like <laughs> I, look, I want to be nice to you, but I, if I well, laugh at that, terrible. I'm a racist, and I'm encouraging <laughs> yeah. you to be more racist. And if yeah. I call you out on your look, I'm not. I'm not a cop. You're not under arrest. You can. It's a free country. There's freedom of speech. You want to say that stuff to other people, you can. But I, I now I, you just came to my show and you're supporting me and you're trying to be nice to me. Uh, but I don't even know what to do after you just told me that thing. Uh, yeah, and there's like yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, street offering street jokes and you're like no I, I i wrote all that like i wrote all of it or people will even ask like do you write yeah they don't that understand stuff? everything like, yeah right is the second show uh completely different <laughs> no no it's not i just figured this out <laughs> yeah um i guess now let's let well okay so That's tell a, me can you i was gonna say though it's funny uh how unsure everything is because before uh doing conan it felt very i felt very in limbo I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna get that or not, and if I get on Conan, that'll that'll help either way, which it will, and it def- definitely does is very comforting. But it's funny that I still feel very much in limbo. It's just a different kind of limbo. Now. Yeah, well, that yeah. never goes away. I mean, <laughs> there's it's called uh, the imposter sim- syndrome or something like that, where uh-huh. where you feel you're afraid that people are gonna figure out that you really aren't. Oh, guy. absolutely, but, absolutely. But I people, definitely have. <laughs> I mean, people come up to me. I've been, I've quit my day job 
30 something years ago and mm. I've been on Letterman and they'll say in my intro it's I've been on Letterman 40 something times and people have just watched the show that was good uh-huh. and they came up to talk to me because that's how much they enjoyed the show and they'll say something like so can you make a living do you, is this all you do yeah yeah <laughs> and it's like yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it is um tell me about uh, tell me about your uh favorite show that you've done my favorite show that i've done that's that feels like an impossible like question to answer one that always stands out to me was um just because it was kind of unlike anything Mm -hmm. i've done but it was really good was um i got to open for uh oswald about a year ago in uh madison wisconsin which is like one of my favorite comedy cities and it was in a sold-out theater the orpheum and he and it was all his fans so it was like madison's already one of the best comedy cities you can ask where the crowds are amazing and then you had 1700 Patton oswald fans so you have the comedy comedy fans of a great comedy city and there's 1700 of them and i got to go i got to open and it was like even just like when they do the off stage, like, are you are you guys excited to see Pan House? Well, the sound they made was like not just applause. It sounded like, and my girlfriend was with me backstage. I just started laughing because the sound was like Beatlemania, mm-hmm. like that, just like that level of excitement. Yeah. And then I got to just go out and and perform, and it was like an awesome show. And I've done a. a I've been lucky enough to do a lot of theater shows like that, but that one was just so so large mm-hmm. and so good that it was just very like, oh, this is like before you ever do stand up and you see it on TV or something, and you kind of imagine like that. That's kind of what you imagine it would be like. Right. Where it's right. just like this super ideal setting because that's what TV looks like uh, when you when you haven't done it at all. Like a, when you watch people's specials and you haven't been on stage at all, you're like, this looks like they can do no wrong. You know, So you had that, feeling. yeah, you had the perception and then you were actually experiencing it at yes, the same time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just like, wow, this was a really, just a very cool thing that not a lot of people get to do. It was, it was, that, was, that one always stands out to me as one of my favorites. But there's been, you know, hundreds sure. of shows yeah. that, that have been like even like the 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 set on conan you know like it's more i was more focused than like you don't get the full uh you enjoy it but you don't get to fully like let your guard down because you're like this is important what's hard to be in the moment because you're really just trying to execute yes exactly like i like i was very happy with my set but i when i watched it back i was like i'm a little more deadpan than i am normally and i'm like low energy but i can tell just because i know myself that i'm like i i am really just trying not to fuck up (laughs) right you know but but I'm sure it was good. I should have watched it before. But I've seen I you so happy. many. I've seen you enough times that it. I know. I, I know good. it was good. Yeah. It was funny. Or I'd I'd like to ask you about because when you did your first late night uh, appearance, because I always had heard people say on other interviews that people would say it was like an out of body kind of feeling, and I always thought that was a little dramatic. But then when I did it, I understood what they meant. It was just this whirlwind, and then it's over. 
and you're like, whoa, what was it? That was crazy. Yeah, well, it's four or five minutes, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's a short amount of time. It's Very a long amount. It's a long time. If someone was listening to this, to okay, get up and just talk for five minutes. Yeah, it, that it's a long time to do that, but it's a short time in terms of stand up to go on and perform for if you if you're established and you're working and you're so concerned. Or I was so concerned the first time that. You know, a lot of things can happen. You're excited. Yeah, yeah. You you could get nervous. You could be thrown by something. So, you have your set. Your material is all worked out, and you've performed it over and over in comedy clubs. Mm. So that really, by the time you're doing the show, ideally, it should be you just say the first joke, and the rest come. It's like dominoes. They just all fall yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like dominoes. But you have to you knock the first one down, and then the second one is right in front of you, and so you have to tap that, and then it falls down, and that you is have to exactly tap that. How it feels. And so you're just doing one thing after the next, and you're focused on tapping that next domino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then afterwards, you watch it, and it, it's like, oh, I was actually doing a comedy show for an audience, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> but you've just kind of made so sure for yourself that you don't screw up that it just comes out automatically that at the very least you you you're showing people what you intended to show them mm. so that so that afterwards your experience while you're doing it while you're doing it is very different than the experience of watching it or the experience mm. in a comedy club because in a comedy club you're usually not as you know you're allowing for something else to happen somebody in yeah, the audience yeah. to do something you have to respond to and yeah so it's yeah i i understand that domino analogy though it's like it's very yeah all right now let's do this joke this joke you know but yeah it was it was uh it was good it was it was you know a dream come true for me you know it was very very fulfilling to get to do that and i'm a big fan of the show so that was very cool just to get to be there you know so well my advice to you is to go home and start getting your next set ready because that's what it's all about. That's what was fun. The shows afterward was getting to deviate then because I had run the set twice right. and then did the set and it was like, oh, it's so nice to open with something I hadn't been opening with over and over yeah. again and stuff. So, yeah, I always I, I submitted for another like TV potential thing already. So it's like if that's something I get to. <laughs> think about and another stand-up uh yeah yeah so if uh so that's like my next thing that i get to anticipate and wonder about and and feel in limbo about <laughs> you know, you know? Cool. so it's uh but at least i have something to focus on basically and then and yeah and then figuring out when to move where to move and and all this stuff it's very it's figuring and figuring it out <laughs> yeah well it'll yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more of you out here yeah, it's been fun. I've enjoyed like all my shows. I had one weird show, but that was not <laughs> that was totally on me. I uh like I said my blood sugar was really erratic. The first time that happened while I was out here, I didn't know exactly what was happening, but I felt very nauseous right before I went on stage. And I uh uh so I opened by being like, "I am very nauseous <laughs> and, and it was a weird way confusing to confusing to the audience yeah oh how i can't believe this that's I not even just... my phone that's the my daughter's gonna be coming home from school and oh couple it's of an minutes. alarm yeah uh but uh but with the i just uh, i just didn't think that was a good set but that was totally on me but other than that i've had 
nothing but great shows out here it's or, uh great i enjoyed them you know i don't want to be like i i killed everywhere but like no I, but you I, go I, out and I, you have a good time yeah i had fun sets everywhere well i gotta I'll, when we get when we're done i'll pick your brain a little bit about what shows i should some more fun shows that i should do yeah, yeah. i want to do hot tub and what was the yeah. other one creep show creep show was re- hot really tub creep show yeah. and then I guess let's end with advice because yeah. you can give some advice now. You you I suppose. Con- <laughs> how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, a little over five years. Five years. So you started when you were a- seventeen. Man. Yeah. And what advice would you give that seventeen-year-old who's in your shoes, or even yourself? You got. Uh, well, it's like the same general for any comic. You have to go up a lot. You have to write a lot. And then I would say to. Hold yourself accountable to what you think good material is and opposed to not only just what works. Like if you can, if you like really think like, even if something works, if you're like, I just don't think this is as good as my other jokes. If you can kind of just push yourself a little bit to hold yourself to a higher standard of what you think, I think that helps a lot, especially if if you, if your end game is kind of like TV stuff or something. Like, uh, like a few of my jokes in my Conan set don't play well everywhere, but I know where they do play well, and I know they're good jokes. And so I was like, these are the jokes that I think this audience, this Conan audience, would really appreciate. That's why I submitted them, and then they did. So it was, but like, it was kind of a, a moment of like a couple of those jokes. I was like, see that one show in South Carolina that hated that? I was right though. Like, I like, like this joke is good. So I'd say just try to um, stick with what you think is funny and uh, I'm, and don't blame the audience. Don't be like, they just don't get it. But like, you know, try to just push yourself a little bit to have uh, material that you're, you're, that you think is good, I guess. If that makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> it right. does make sense. All right. Well, uh, I like to end with a high five. Do you like right. a high five? Absolutely. I'm going right. to look at the elbow. Bam. <laughs> nice. That was, was a good. solid high five. It was good. Well, that, that was a solid high five. Hey, thanks so much to Brad for being here this week in the wake of the New Hampshire primary. Thank you to you for listening. Don't forget to not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. You can procrastinate that. You can Don't, don't forget you can procrastinate giving up. Finally, procrastination is working in our favor. The world is really on your side if you just get facing in the right direction. Uh, and uh, don't give up and don't cut your grandmother's head off. Man, so I decided to look at the Associated Press newsfeed for today. They have the elephant thing in there and they get a ton of stuff about that primary. But then it's man arrested in decapitation of his grandmother and her husband. Oh, my Lord. Well, first of all, this guy's grandmother is 59 years old. Ooh, um, not not to make this all about me and <laughs> my age, but God, 20-year-old kid decapitated his grandmother and her husband, who was 78. She was, he was an older man with a younger woman, 19 years younger. Um, I don't understand, it doesn't really, Peter says a couple operated a daycare at the property, 
and the three children were found unharmed in an attached garage. <clears throat> but apparently didn't see the crime. Thank God for small favors. And also, uh, it's not, it, it's, yeah, we could use less guns, but this, you don't get decapitated with a gun. This guy did this with some kind of sharp thing. We got to, we got to be nicer to each other. That's, I know it sounds stupid and super simplistic, but don't give up and don't cut anyone's head off. Okay. And the world will be a better place. It'll take a while, but it's going to get to be better. Try and be nice to each other. Take care of yourself. Take care of your friends. I can't wait to see you out at the nightclub for some good times. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Next time. Go out and get it.